We are back. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. Another great podcast for you guys today. Two more segments. We have our Locks of the Week with Jake Seeley, followed by our Pivots slash Leverage Plays of the Week with TJ Hernandez. I like having both these segments back to back. Truly really give you a footing on where the public should be, but also how to leverage it in our DFS contest. So if you enjoyed the show, definitely leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and consider following on Spotify. Truly trying to build up this audio feed a bit more this season. And I'll see you guys in the listener league a five dollar three max contest that is rake free on FanDuel. you can get in there by going to fanduel.com slash holka that link does support the channel but if you are a first-time depositor you're going to be getting a 20 percent deposit bonus just by going through that link and it supports the channel thanks so much this is Joe Holka show presented by FanDuel. Locks of the week, position by position. These are the players that we have to have exposure to in NFL Week 7, bringing it all together at the end as we try and build the optimal DFS lineup live. Let's not waste any more time today. Let's jump right into it. This is the Locks of the Week segment. We are going to go position by position, starting with quarterback. So your quarterback lock of the week, Jake, Lamar Jackson. He's 8,500 on FanDuel versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a team that we know is going to throw a little bit more now, finally, right? Uh, but what are your thoughts about the other side of it, paying up for Lamar? Yeah, well, it's 84 so it's $100 cheaper. So. There you go. I don't know. I, I typos, man. One of those days. Uh, look, it, it's, it's kind of one of those situations where we're going to get the sense between this and running back. It's the pay-up week. You know, I'm looking at quarterback, and for the fact that Jalen Hurts is 100 behind him, and how many times we're going to keep playing the Jalen Hurts. Like, if it's not for the fourth quarter, oh, my God, Jalen Hurts. And Las Vegas can actually get after the quarterback. Mahomes would be nice. You know, that's an intriguing. Colin Murray's always in play. Oh, that's who I slammed in my lineup last week instead. Mm-hmm. Brady, I could see, but just without the rushing upside, just against Cincinnati, Lamar Jackson, I, I'm not paying down. Looking at all his streaming options, Matt Ryan has to do it all with his arm. Ryan Tannehill's not throwing touchdowns this year. Uh, I know a lot of people are back, you know, thinking Tua maybe, but Tua's not running. He was looking hesitant in that game to run. Pat Mayo actually brought that up. So there's some, maybe Matthew Stafford, but the, again, I saw Stafford. It's like, hey, against Detroit, that's great. But $300 savings, I'm just going to pay up and take Lamar. Yeah, I mean, that we got the, the revenge. Is there any revenge for, for Stafford? Like, he's in a pretty good uh, situation versus what he was. If anything, the revenge side is on the Detroit side, right? Like, come on. It's on both sides. It's yeah. it's Stafford versus Goff, former that's true. Yeah, there. But we don't care about the Goff revenge narrative because that, I mean, we're, no, not, playing, we're not playing Jared Goff. Because <laughs> no, he's Jared not. Goff. Yeah, I'm with you. It does feel like a week to, to pay up. There, there's certain games like this is like overall this slate, right? We've got like some really like heavy hitters on buy this week. Like everyone's been talking about it being like the buy apocalypse or whatever you want to say about that. Uh, but from a DFS perspective, there's a lot to pay up for. Right. And now we have like these these prices that uh, they've gotten a little bit more aggressive on at least some of these guys that yeah. we're going to talk about for sure. So uh, anything else on Lamar you want to move on? Uh, I know we got a couple running backs to talk about. Yeah, we can move on. All right. Running back locks of the week. Jake doesn't send me one lock. He sends me more than one at some of these positions, especially at ones uh, that I know you guys want a little bit more uh, juice uh, when you're getting the squeeze. So running back locks of the week. Daryl Henderson, he's AK versus Detroit. We were just talking about that game. Also, Chuba Hubbard is 7,300 at the New York Giants. So, uh, Jake, go ahead. Start wherever you want, man. You're the host. <laughs> I mean, I could start with just both of them. The fact that they're probably top 10 easily, maybe even top five for this slate and projections. So this is really what the starting point is. But Daryl Henderson, it's been top three, top four. Uh, the only concern you have about Daryl Henderson at this point is whether it's seasonal or DFS is if he gets hurt. And at some point, you got to stop being scared that he's going to get hurt because that could happen to anybody in a given game. Uh, yes, he has the history, but you know, if Saquon Barkley before he got you know rolled up the, as an ankle stepping on the defender, when nobody was concerned about him because he was back to being Saquon Barkley. So, look, it's going against Detroit's defense again. You can tack to Detroit's defense as much as you want. Uh, if I'm going in this game because, like I mentioned, the Stafford side of it, Cup is in play, but you know, trying to get a pair with your quarterback doesn't work so much well with Stafford. But you could again, you can go that direction. But I'm going to get a piece of this game. I'm going to go to Daryl Henderson more because. The running back options are slim, and that's why Chuba Hubbard's actually in play. The Giants, top five for the slate, giving up against running backs, and Hubbard's been seeing 70 80% of that workload. There was a little bit sprinkling in the variety Smith that one week, but he's been cut since. So it's just Chuba, and you know we'd say most running backs getting that kind of workload. Look at Khalil Herbert last week, right. and that's why he was such a good play that I switched to, and that was the only thing that even made that game salvageable. And the only reason... 
I wouldn't say he's a lock. Even if Damian Williams is out, we just still don't know what's going on because it's the COVID situation, but it's against Tampa Match Bay. Yeah. So, yeah, the Tampa Bay, you know, maybe there could be a little bit of a contrarian, but we are talking locks here. And Swift against the Rams is going against the Rams. You know, I'm just throwing out some of the other names. Sure. He hasn't do anything until fourth quarter. Uh, Joe Mixon, eh, maybe, I guess. But again, what's the difference? What's the real big difference between Chuba and Joe Mixon at this point? And Chuba's got the much better matchup. I'm with you. Uh, just to quickly plug Run the Sims, uh, if you do want uh, to get in on these simulations, uh, you can go to runthesims.com slash Holka. We're going to be basically simulating the entire slate 10,000 times, and then it's going to pop out what the optimal rate is for being in the perfect lineup. And the only reason I brought it up is because we were just talking about Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup. The only player that is in the optimal lineup more often, Jake, this week is Devontae Adams. So even with those price tags, man, it looks like the simulations are really liking uh, this Rams side of the ball but also your quarterback lock of the week jake he's also the most optimal <laughs> quarterback man so uh, we're off to a really good start um so let's go ahead um yeah i mean i mean you got the lamar jackson you got daryl henderson and we got chuba hubbard to catch everyone up here so let's go ahead and move on to wide receiver this is someone that we've been talking about uh, a decent amount today but man calvin ridley is 7300 on FanDuel. we have cordero patterson uh, 700 more expensive. Those are the words that I never thought would really come out of my mouth. But in the spot <laughs> against Miami, uh, it seems like it's only a matter of time. Obviously, last week uh, he was not in the lineup. Uh, he'll be back. All the stuff, like based all the data behind the scenes, says that I mean that Calvin Ridley, the volume is still there. It's only a matter of time before he starts to like really have that like staple like performance. Right? It sounds like you're all over him this week. I am, and mostly because the matchup helps too. Is Miami and similar to New York Giants, and get to them in a minute, but. Both of these teams going into the season, you looked at it and said, ooh, these are concerning secondaries, especially when you see names like Javian Howard and for the Giants, James Bradbury and everything that they could bring. But they've actually been two of the worst defenses against the pass. This is how things can change from year to year. I mean, look, we're talking about Washington as one of the most miserable defenses, and they were one of the toughest last year. So mm -hmm. things can change. This is why, you know, for sidebar real quick for seasonal, why you don't you know try to say, well, I'm looking down to week seven, eight, nine, and even the playoffs when you're drafting. It's just changed too much. But yep. the volume is still there for Calvin Ridley. It's still Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. And I'm sure the Kyle Pitts breakout game is going to help only defenses spend a little bit more attention on him. But I, I do have a little bit of a hesitancy for Calvin Ridley's game has never been that much after the catch. And some of his dot numbers are down a little bit. And that's actually more to what's going on with Calvin Ridley. But at 7,300, that's really what it comes down to is like, look, if he has this huge game that Calvin Ridley can do, He's never going to be this again. And for 7,300, he's the same price as Marquise Brown. So if you want to pair Marquise Brown with Lamar Jackson, I have no problem doing it. But uh, Calvin Ridley is 73 against the Dolphins again. That, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, he's a really, really good play this week. Before we move on to the other two wide receivers, Jake, if you're one of those people that doesn't watch this video live, definitely join us next week, every Monday and Thursday from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, the big show on Sunday mornings from 9 a.m. to noon to get you ready for kickoff. This is one of these guys that thought we were going to miss out on the explosion last week, but if it wasn't for Chipotle, it might have happened. Uh, A.J. Brown, he's 7K versus Kansas City. We were all over this uh, Washington side of the ball last week in the same matchup. Is this a spot where we we see AJ Brown like finally get there for a shake, or is he just going to go out and eat fast food again and just bury all of us? <laughs> yeah, is, you know what? It wasn't even that bad for the fact that he was dealing with the fast True. food on top of it. But you know, seven K discount on Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones limited practice today. Maybe he's out there, maybe he's not. I don't think that really affects him either way. Uh, AJ Brown is AJ Brown, and talk about defenses you want to target against and a game that you would like. That look, the Tennessee Kansas City game is going to be heavily slammed on for a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people are out there going at for Ryan Tannehill. He could have one of his Ryan Tannehill two thousand twenty games. Uh, I'm not so much on that, but I am on, on uh, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown to Calvin Ridley is the similar situation of where I say that Julio doesn't bother me is because it's the target share. You know, you give me most wide receivers hitting 20-plus target share and somebody of his caliber and as somebody against this matchup. I just this is one of the easiest ones to me. I was surprised to see him only 7,000. I, I thought he was going to be at least 74, 7,500. Yeah, the crazy thing, I mean, obviously, you know about this game is it's just so expensive to completely stack it up. But if you're trying to yeah. grab like little pieces of it, little mini stacks, like we just built a team, um, I don't want to completely spoil it, but a mini stack of two elite weapons in this game, you don't necessarily have to play the quarterbacks in this spot. Obviously, Derrick Henry is all the way up to 11K now. So I, I love the idea <laughs> of going back to, to A.J. Brown, especially 
at that price tag for sure. Uh, if you didn't want to pay all the way up at wide receiver, another guy that we're going to talk about here, Jake, is Sterling Shepard. He's 6,500. It's a tough matchup against this Carolina defense, but if Carolina is going to bring pressure, you would think that like this safety valve underneath for Sterling Shepard, like he's, our target share is already through the roof. It sounds like he's another guy that might just be a little bit underpriced this week. Is that fair to say? Yeah, uh, really, Sterling Shepard has been the safety valve for Daniel Jones and been his favorite target. Uh, even last week before Kadarius Tony left the game, and Tony looked great, but Tony was, and Shepard were the two main options for Daniel Jones. It's just always been the case. Uh, at this point, there's not much left to say about Sterling Shepard. I only wanted to bring him up just because if you're talking about guys getting 20, now 25, 30%, I mean, essentially, his target share, we're approaching Debo level here. And no, I don't think he's the same level as Debo when you talk about the talent and the upside purely, but he's also Jacoby Myers who actually scores touchdowns from time to time. So uh, yeah, it's not the best matchup, but it is one of the best projected target volumes of the week. And that's really what it comes down to. If you're going to try to drop five, 700 bucks cheaper, as you said, Sterling Shepard would be the one that I, I came off the top two for. I'm with you. Um, I, we got Rich Rebar in the chat uh, just reminding us that it is not A.J. Brown. It is Arthur Juan Brown. Uh, he's been just hammering that all day. Like literally like in, a, in his segment, uh, check out uh, the stack segment, obviously next after this video. But man, uh, I had no idea who he was talking about. And then I get it. A.J. Brown, Arthur Juan. I, I don't know. Maybe I missed that whole thing in the offseason. Locks of the week at tight end. Jake Kyle Pitts. He's 6,100. At Miami, um, we were just talking about Calvin Ridley. It doesn't sound like uh, just because Ridley was out last week that that's going to kind of draw you away from Kyle Pitts. No, it's not. It, this this is an easy sighting. one. This was just it, yeah, Barkley. Yeah, Barkley's <laughs> trying to get involved in the show. So there likes for Saquon Barkley to get you a hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, the just regular Barkley, not Saquon. He's not even playing, so I can't like that. Uh, Kyle Pitts is just simple. I just only threw him in there because it was just like, hey, if you're thinking about spending up a tight end. Don't think, oh, it's a one-off game. Calvin Ridley is back. I'm scared. Uh, I've even been tempted to go. Like I said, Matt Ryan has to do it all with his arm. And it's, again, not the way I would go. But you could do a Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts stack and still be able to pay up at running back. It's true. We can we can maybe make something like that work when we get to your to your lineup, Jake. So let, let's talk about the guy that's basically priced right yeah. next to him. Um, and now Zach Ertz is just going to completely make this Arizona situation even worse for me. But it is really good for yeah. Dallas Goddard, fifty nine hundred against the Raiders. What are your thoughts on him this week? That's really what we've been waiting for this to happen. We've mm-hmm. been waiting for the free Dallas Goddard to get Zach Ertz away from him because we've actually seen games with no Zach Ertz and what Goddard can do. And you talk about it, you go back to the safety valve and mention this game, uh, a little bit of hesitancy on Devontae Smith because, again, go back to Las Vegas and the fact that they can get after the quarterback. Well, Jalen Hurts has to get the ball out quicker, and Jalen Hurts gets the ball out quicker. It's going to be more Dallas Goddard and potentially yeah, maybe we get actually Jalen Rager to catch a ball this week. But really what it comes down to is J- Dallas Goddard might be his favorite weapon in this game because he doesn't have Zach Ertz, and it might have been the two tight ends if they were both still there. So... 5,900. I have a feeling Zach, I have a feeling Dallas Goddard's going to have a top five week and he's going to be in that mid 6,000 next week. And all of these Philly guys are so cheap, right? Uh, outside of Hertz, basically. Like we have Goddard at 5,900. We have Miles Sanders at 5,900. We've got Devonta Smith at 5,800. And then Jalen Hurts is all the way up at 8,300. It's just such a weird pricing uh, for this. I don't know. I guess we were, we were just runs. talking. He's, he runs. Yeah, exactly. But, um, I do want your take on Miles Sanders at 5,900, though. I understand he's not necessarily like a lock or anything like that, but that's a price tag that really stood out to me, and that's one of the things that was popping a little bit in the simulations so far this week. But, man, he just hasn't been seeing the volume to be a lock, but do you, do you think he's like reasonable in tournaments uh, unless he gains a little bit of steam at, at that price, basically? In tournament, I could see it because, you know, if Sirianni's telling the truth, it really mm-hmm. what it comes down to is part of what, the problem is that Jalen Hurts in the passing game, everything is that they need some more run read options and stuff like that. And he's talking about that. Well, also involving getting back to the run game a little bit. Part of it is just he's not turning to Miles Sanders. Hell, Kenneth Gainwell's barely even seeing the field at this point. So, yeah, I, I could see that, you know, if you told me Miles Sanders was going to get 15 plus touches, sure. really, hell, for that price, he's definitively in play. The question is, is just he going to get the touches? So, right. yeah, I think that's an interesting tournament. Obviously, as you said, you know, if he starts getting ownership where people are like oh we're on this because we see the same thing then we'll let other people mess around with that yeah yeah Yeah. 
All right, so your lock DST of the week is going to be the Tampa Bay Bucks. They're 4,400 against Chicago. No. Like, honestly, we've seen defenses like this in, like, similar spots be all the way up at 5K, so I don't mind it at all. No, it really comes it's Justin Fields. Justin yeah. Fields doesn't want to run, and that's mm-hmm. the interesting thing is, like, he needs to. It would definitely help his game. But, yeah, Tampa Bay forcing Chicago to probably have to pass more than they want to, more than Justin Fields wants to. They want to lean on the run. And then the fact that Justin Fields will take sacks instead of running. It, it really comes down to. So potential for interception, potential for sacks. It's the real fact here. And I'm looking down, and I was like, man, I don't really want to spend 4400 at defense, but everything underneath them is just gross. I mean, Carolina's more expensive going against Daniel Jones, which I get it, but, you know, maybe Las Vegas, but that could go sideways so easy if Jalen Hurst just has an insane fourth quarter, and then everybody cheaper is just kind of gross to get involved with. So that's what it comes down to. Is It's almost the best, least expensive defense to go after. I'm with you. Uh, I think that it's just like a really nice price for them. We know that Justin Fields struggles under pressure and who's going to bring pressure. It's going to be the Bucks, right? So it's an interesting one. And as someone that's been probably playing too many uh, Chicago Bears over the last few weeks, uh, this doesn't really seem like the the best spot uh, to go back to that well. So now that we have Jake's locks, I want you guys to pause this video and I want you to let me know in the comments your lock of the week, your lock of the week, not ours. I want to know what yours is in the comments. And Jake, let's go build a FanDuel team. You ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this team, per usual, will be in the Listener League. This is a rake-free contest. It's $5, three max, big prizes, all that good stuff. It's the battle of the guests. Um, and if you want to get involved, uh, definitely join this, fanduel.com slash Holka. Get in there. Uh, are we going to start with a stack? Are we going to stop with one, we'll start with one of your locks? Where, where do we start here, Jake? You, you take the wheel. Locking the two running backs, Hubbard and Henderson, and we'll go from there. All right. Hubbard, Henderson. Honestly, like... This is like price tags where you have to pay up for the volume and all of that. But man, Henderson is going to be like, I mean, what, 20% owned and some of the stuff and some of the higher stakes, probably stuff like 30% just because it does, the price is he's still probably underpriced, right? So he's, I'm with you. Yeah. He, what is he? 2000 under Christian McCaffrey, not playing. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then are you going to pay 3K more for Derrick Henry? Like 3K does a lot for your lineup this week when we have all these like high flying wide receivers to choose from, right? So and that's the problem is, you know, another week where we don't have six teams on a bye, I could see, but yeah, find a way to get Derrick Henry in there. Similar to you find a way to get McCaffrey in there, but it's tough to do this week. Yeah, it is for sure. Is there anything, I guess, if you wanted to play Chuba, do you have any interest in playing Shepard on the other side of that with a mini or do you already I have do. your team built over there? No, I'm kind of going back and forth at the same time. I do, but I don't know. I don't know if we can afford it. That's the question we have. So oh, we, can we can put it in there. No, 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 I mean, just for what what I want to get in there. So you can put oh, him in there and see what happens. Oh, yeah, I guess 6,500. He's not free. It's not like he's like 55 no, like some problem. of these other guys. I'm with you. So we, we can maybe we'll, we'll leave that out for now, but we'll keep it in our back pocket. So uh, what direction do you well, want? Because we got to put Lamar in there. Okay, so that's why you can't afford him. <laughs> got, it. <laughs> got it. All right. Are we going Lamar naked? You're like the king of naked quarterback, I feel like. Uh, I am. So, let, yeah, let's do Lamar naked for right now. Because okay. let's do Cavill. Again, I would love to say Marquise Brown, but uh, at 7300 for the same price, I'm going Calvin Ridley. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So let's go Ridley in here. Is it the Ridley spot? We will see. Um, I guess any interest in Jalen Waddle on the other side, that mini stack we've been talking about a little bit. Like we not know with that Parker back, not with Parker back. All right. You no. think that like that really kind of hurts his usage on the inside, like these kind of like shorter routes that he's been getting basically because he's so cheap. Uh, he is. Uh, and what what is his price again? It's like 5,600, something like that. It's called, It's like really low. It's like his price hasn't moved even after last week when he scores two touchdowns. Yeah, he's 5,900. Yeah. Yeah, so for 5,700, there's a wide receiver I like a little bit more who never scores touchdowns. You're going back to the well, huh? This is the week. Jacoby I've never Myers. said that. I said everybody needs to stop saying that. Are you but willing to Maybe willing now to that it? I finally use it. Maybe now that I finally use him will be the week. Hang on. Hang on. You're full screen. <laughs> I need. This is the week. <laughs> this right. is the week. This is the week. This right. is the week. There you go. There you go. Jacoby. Jacoby. I can Jake never spell Kobe. his name. I struggle to spell his name. Fifty-seven hundred, man. The target share. I mean, all the we don't. We've talked about him every week. Um, he's gonna score eventually. If he does score, like this price tag is just way, 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 way too cheap for the volume he's seeing. That's basically what it comes down to. So, uh, fifty-eight hundred the rest of the way. Difference. You're gonna need some punts here, Jake. So, what do we? Uh, can we get up to Tampa? Probably not. Is there another defense that you like? I don't know. Well, this will work our way backwards. So, put in okay. Tampa and Dallas Goddard and see. Okay. Kind of. We got the Bucks and we got Dallas Goddard. 
And then we have basically, I mean, that, that helped a lot, actually. 6,500 the rest of the way now. So there's some room. I take it all back. You're Barkley choking over here. God, I, we have to have a, a meeting uh, of your dog and my dog at some point. I bet my dog is three times as big as your dog. How much does Barkley weigh? Uh, well, she's not big as in size. She's big as in volume because she's a yeah. half pit. She's 50 pounds. Yeah. I also, Actually, about 45, 45. Madden's a great Dane, yeah. and she's like 65, but she's only eight months old. So she's going to be like, oh, yeah. That. No, but she, uh, Barkley will play with my parents have a great Dane. She'll play with Sam all the time. The best dog. She so goes after no, it. No one cares about our dog takes, but I'm a big dog guy, a big Great Dane guy, and obviously Barkley's been a big part of uh, your content for, it seems like, years at this point. So uh, <laughs> good good stuff, man. Wide receiver and flex left. We have 6,500 uh, per position right now. All right. So, well, one thing is I'm looking at a price now in flex, which we would put back at running back and move Daryl Henderson to the 4 p.m. for the flexibility, but knowing that Henderson's chalk. So oh, yeah. the, throw everybody out there. This I is- love that. But yeah, so if you want to put Henderson there, but if the name that I'm looking at is Green Bay is going to push the pace, mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson is not 100%. So right. you have, there's a double fold upside here, similar to Ramondre Rom- Stevenson and Seasonal. Uh, similar, they're both in the situation where McKissick and Stevenson are involved, McKissick even more so, especially in the passing game, which this game points to. But both of them, if the lead were to leave early, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you even have more upside from there. So I would put McKissick to get the savings. And then, like I said, I would put Henderson as the 4 p.m. flex. And then what does that leave us? That gives us 7,300. And yeah, McKissick's a guy that I ended up playing in game stacks last week. Um, but man, like I, I get that he's not like the prototypical fan duel play. And the tilt space guys were giving me a lot of crap for playing McKissick last week. But the price and like if he does get is the same thing. If he does get in the end zone, he basically he's going to touch the ball like probably 15 times. If he gets in the end zone, like he's a great play at the price. So I, I prefer JD McKissick to Miles Sanders in a tournament team, probably for sure. So um, yeah. All right, he's got three games over about 15 points or more. So yeah. 14.4. So 7,300. Oh, there you go. Marquise Brown. Now you get to pair him up. Easy Work game, out. man. We'll get that stack. I would have loved AJ Brown, but I mean, you could go either way. Yeah, that, that, that one works either way. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll let the people decide that one. Uh, Jake Seeley, everyone, make sure you guys go follow him on Twitter at All In Kit. Before we get back at it, I want to thank the presenting sponsor, FanDuel, for all the support this year. New FanDuel players, listen up. Your day is about to get 20% better with a bonus on your first deposit, up to $500 for free. All you have to do is claim it by visiting FanDuel.com slash Holka first. That link does support the channel, so thank you. And even if you're not a first-time player, it would mean the world if you gave FanDuel another go this week and started that process through my link. That's FanDuel.com slash Holka to claim your bonus and start playing today it'll bring you right to our five dollar three entry max listener league contest the one that i will be reviewing live on stream every monday quite honestly the best contest in dfs and it's completely break free there's a whole lot of nfl action left this season so make sure you join our community on fanduel pick your lineup stay under the salary cap and see how your team stack up against the competition they've got a ton of different game formats between main slate and single game contests you can even set up private contests with your friends experience season-long wins without season-long waits by joining the five dollar listener league or making your first deposit today through fanduel com slash Holka, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the Joe Holka show. Age and local restrictions apply. Bonuses used as a non-refundable site credit that expires after 30 days. I want to take a second to thank our exclusive memorabilia partner, Pristine Auction, a website that auctions off a ton of insanely cool sports memorabilia each and every day with items starting at just $1. There are thousands of auctions ending daily, so some of the crazy deals that you'll see are pretty common, whether it's a daily auction, weekly auction, doesn't matter. The marketplace is open 24 hours with no reserves. Also, all of these autographed items are guaranteed authentic, so you never have to worry about that. I do have a registration code, so make sure you enter code HOLKA when you first sign up. It's good for $10 off your first purchase, but more importantly, you're only eligible for the weekly giveaways from the mystery unboxings if you are fully registered at Pristine Auction. So hopefully it's with code HOLKA because that also supports the channel, so thank you. Let's get back to the show. Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. Week 7 plays of the week on the tournament side of things, position by position, guys that might go overlooked in GPPs that can help us get to the top of the DFS leaderboards, plus showing you guys how to use this information to build a GPP lineup live at the end. And I'm not alone, thankfully. And I want to welcome back my buddy uh, to the show, director of DFS at 444 Football. You can find him on Twitter at TJ Hernandez. TJ, how we doing, my man? Hulk, what's up, buddy? Uh, excited to get this week going. Um, had some nice sweats last week. Not quite like your um, like your sweat with uh, with the tilt space guys, but but close. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you can you can say it, man. It, it was it was brutal what happened to you with the Amari Cooper stuff because if you were on the other side of that, I don't think you didn't have the salary to get to CD, right? Like, no, I no, I was close. CD was actually my my like play to get to when I started building last week and I just couldn't make it work. Obviously, should have made it work, but uh, hopefully, we'll get some stuff going to make uh, to get some sweats this week. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll we'll get you back in there, man. Like anytime you're that close, it's never fun to like watch like one play literally like frame the slate, like kind of the yeah. way it did last week at the end. Obviously, it was fun to be on the right side of that. Um, but man, you, you've like just been stacking up like you're you're definitely due to have like one of those type of plays uh, break a big one for you, man. So I'm pulling for you for sure. That's what the, that's what they keep telling me. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's jump into it, TJ. At the quarterback position, we're talking through your GPP play of the week. We have Aaron Rodgers. He's 7,900 on FanDuel versus this Washington defense that everyone was just falling over themselves to play against last week. Uh, but it seems like A-Rod might go a little bit under-owned at this point, right? So what are your thoughts on him? Yep, I'm, I'm sure you've talked about all of the other games on the slate. We have a, a ton of um, what look like dream spots, right? We got the we got the Rams, we got the, the Cardinals, uh, Chiefs, Buccaneers. I think all the ownership probably falls there on the passing games. Um, also, maybe on the running backs a little bit there because we have a lot of really big favorites. Uh, but what we've seen, I mean, go back to last week. I th- this kind of this situation kind of reminds me of Dak last week. Dak was in the winning um, uh, Sunday Million lineup. He was four percent. Cowboys had a, a really good. Um, implied point total wasn't the highest on the slate just wasn't a spot people were excited about getting to uh, because they probably just didn't really know who to stack him with Rodgers. I mean people know to stack him with Devontae but he's just going to kind of fall by the wayside because he's sandwiched if we look at salary on Fandle sandwiched right between Stafford Brady Tannehill Tannehill's I don't know if you talked about Tannehill he's going to be popular just because he's opposite Chiefs whatever you think about Tannehill in the passing game so you're going to get Rodgers probably at sub five percent ownership I think as many as eight quarterbacks could be more popular than him on a slate that only has 10 games. Uh, Washington, like you said, if we adjust for strength of schedule, four for four schedule, that's fantasy points allowed. Last in that category against quarterbacks, teams are throwing at the third highest rate in neutral game script against Washington. They're allowing the fifth most fantasy points per attempt, so the efficiency's there. Um, and Rodgers, people, uh, I mean, just because he, he's not blowing the doors off of uh, offenses like he off of defenses like he did last year. So he's not getting like all the pub he did, but his efficiency's still way up there. Six and a half percent touchdown rate. He leads the league in percentage of uh, team offensive touchdowns. 88% of the Packers offensive touchdowns have been an Aaron Rodgers pass or an Aaron Rodgers run. So if they do get to this 28 point implied point total, you could argue that they can score 28. All these other teams can hit their 33 35 and Rogers still matches them in touchdown equity because they're running back steal one or, or something like that. Um, where Rogers is just getting, they only have two running back rushing touchdowns, the Packers. So like, even though Aaron Jones is a good play, like when he scores, it's in a, it's by a pass usually. So I love Aaron Rodgers this week. I actually think there's lots of interesting ways to, to stack this game outside of Devonte that are really, um, that, that could be really unique. And anytime we talk about our, our contrarian quarterbacks in week like this, you're not game stacking the Packers. You're not going to put four players from this game. You're you're going to use Aaron Rodgers some sub five percent to load up on on the Cooper Cups, the Tyreeks, the Travis Kelseys, whoever you want to play around them. Um, he's just going to let you play all those guys and and lower your average ownership. Yeah, friend of the show Ian Hardis had a tweet uh, a couple of days ago talking about Devonte Adams and his last ten bounce back performances. Did you see this, yeah, CJ? Saw, like yeah, just man. going absolutely nuclear, and that's yeah. like that has to be like somewhat of a Rogers thing, right? He's like, oh, okay, Devonte didn't score last week. That's weird. I was gonna get three this week. So what, what do we what do we do with that? Like this this I mean this team wants to play a little bit slower, so sometimes the price tags scare me off a little bit. But the ownership really outside of Adams never really gets out of control. So I mean, it is a really good spot. Yeah, I mean, and that that's kind of what I'm thinking here is people are going to be playing Adams, right? I haven't projected him and Cooper Cup are like neck and neck for the most popular receivers on the slate on FanDuel because you can afford them pretty much no matter what um, you decide to play. But the, it's just this unique situation where you're always going to get this ownership with Adams and people just aren't going roster Rogers. So you're already getting that lower ownership. If you stack it, and like I said, there's, I, I think there are unique ways to stack. Um, I, I don't think you necessarily want to play 
Rogers, Jones, and, and Adams all together because they take so much salary. But you could throw in a Cobb, you could throw in a Tunyon as a, as a contrarian tight end play, and just hope he scores. Because I mean, at this point, if your if your tight end scores a touchdown and Kelsey doesn't go nuclear, you're like right in the mix with tight ends. We saw it last week with Chalk uh, RSJ. Like he didn't go bonkers, but he was good enough at a touchdown of 50 yards or whatever it was. And, and I think Tunyon could do that. So there's just lots of really easy ways to, to get unique with Rogers and still get to a lot of the tons of chalk running backs, um, a few chalk receivers. You could just build them around those guys. Yeah, I haven't played Rodgers in what feels like a really long time, but this is like the kind of situation where you would um, just to yep. get a little bit different. But like one of the arguments, I guess, against playing Rodgers at times is that he hasn't been using his legs as much over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Last week, seven rush attempts, 19 yards and a touchdown looking spry. Yep. So I, yep. I don't know. I think it's at least interesting to consider uh, depending on what happens um, and to see if he gets steamed, I guess, by the end of the week. But I'm in on that one, man. So l- let's move on to the running back GPP play of the week. Chase Edmonds, 6,200 on FanDuel against the Houston Texans. Uh, so this is an interesting one. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of people talk about this game, believe it or not, TJ, because it's, expect- it's expected to be such a blowout. But man, the price is pretty nice for him. What are your thoughts on uh, on Edmonds? Uh, this is another one that has some similarities to Dallas last week in that they were just another team with a, with a high total, but you don't really know how to stack them, right? So I think you could see some, some Kyler naked teams. I think you could see Kyler um, and then people are just going to kind of sprinkle their ownership, just throw darts and, and kind of let the chips fall as they may with whoever they, they play with. If they're playing 150 lineups, splitting evenly between Rondale, Green, Kirk, um, DeAndre Hopkins, I also think people are going to look at this huge spread, 17 and a half, and think, I want to have the running backs because they are huge favorites, but they've kind of been in, in a timeshare. And I think ownership will, will kind of fall that way with Edmonds and, and Connor kind of splitting ownership. Uh, one thing that I've noticed on, on FanDuel looking at specifically Sunday Millions is like we don't see a lot of good tournament lineups with way off the board contrarian plays, right? It's usually these guys that are, it's like not 1% running backs. Like you might see on other sites. It's these running backs that are in this like nine to 15% range. They're, they're not contrarian, but they're not as popular as the 25, 30% guys. And the guys that fit that script are usually these players that aren't popular, but they can find themselves in really good game script. And that's exactly what we have with the Arizona running backs. And the reason that I want to look to Edmonds, you're getting him at a little bit of a price discount to Connor. I believe Connor 6,500, but people are going to just probably, if they're doing box score checking, look at the splits last year, say Connor's jumping Edmonds um, in workload. Edmonds was essentially a game time decision last week. They were questionable all week, wasn't getting a lot of practice. So I think his splits last week had a lot to do with that. And there really should be closer to a 50-50 timeshare. Uh, recording this Thursday, Edmonds got an, a limited practice Wednesday. I don't know what his uh, status is Thursday, but the fact that he's practicing on Wednesday already says way ahead of schedule from what he, what he was last year, uh, last week. I'm sorry. Um, and Houston's allowing the seventh most rushes of 15 plus yards. So with Edmonds, we're looking for that home run. We're looking for those explosive plays, right? We know Connor's getting uh, a lot of the goal line touches, but if Edmonds is breaking off, if he breaks off a, a 50 yarder and then, you know, lucks into some super long touchdown, all of a sudden um, you're dancing. So I, I just like the potential game flow of this. And I like that people just aren't really going to know what to do with it. Edmonds, explosive upside i mean we saw him even in limited time last week he broke off a a 40 yard or didn't get it to the house but uh i think he could get one or two of those against houston this week yeah you can even like go with like the mini stacks you've been talking about this a lot tj just like trying to figure out like ways to get exposure to these games but not stacking up the entire thing so you can even go like with an edmonds cooks or something like that because like the price tags are right um, obviously if the volume kind of skews a little bit heavier towards Edmonds this week, like you're in business, right? And you have a unique mini stack to kind of build around uh, with some of your your core stacks. So that's something I'm definitely trying to continue doing on these uh, these smaller field tournaments. So uh, guys, by the way, uh, if you're enjoying this uh, tournament strategy, game theory, all that sort of thing, I do do a Twitter thread every single week on Tuesdays. So definitely check out the link in the description. Toss me a follow over there. And uh, if you don't like how your season has gone so far, definitely check out the 12 DFS strategy threads that I wrote in the offseason. Tons of super valuable tips on how to be a profitable player in today's GPP meta. 100% free. It's my pinned tweet. Uh, TJ, let's move on to your wide receiver GPP play of the week. And it's interesting because I feel like we've been talking about this game, but no one's talking about Terry McLaurin. He's 7,200 on FanDuel at Green Bay. Tell us why you like him. 
Uh, I, I love the the post hype sleepers in DFS. He's a guy that busted uh, as the chalk last week in what everybody thought was going to be a blow up spot on both sides for the Chiefs. I actually didn't love the spot for for Washington last week. I, I like it a little bit more this week just because I, I don't know if the Packers come in. And even though the Chiefs didn't like blow the brakes off of Washington in the first half, when they, they kind of started rolling in the second half and, and Washington just didn't really um, play well uh, against um, the Chiefs. But I, I think this is a spot where we've seen so much usage on Terry. It was talked about so much last week. He's near the top of the league and, and waited opportunities third in the league in air yards per game near the top in target share air yard show however you want to split it up um he's our top wide receiver in the breakout receiver model at four for four um second and expected points over the last three weeks but obviously bringing up uh coming up a little bit short of that especially after last week and green bay they're still playing with that depleted secondary the, they're a team that we've been wanting to attack with our receivers um, we saw what happened a couple of weeks ago without Jair Alexander uh, against uh, the Bengals and Jamar Chase. In those two weeks, they've allowed seven completions of 15-plus air yards. Uh, that's the fifth most in the league. If they're playing anybody except the Bears last week, it's probably way higher than that. Um, they, they missed a couple opportunities Chicago did against the secondary um, on some, some plays that were broken or close to being broken. They just couldn't um, complete them. And I like Terry McLaurin because – you can use him as if you use him in uh, an Aaron Rodgers team, like I talked about. Now you're getting really, you're getting like two guys in your main stack sub 10%, one of them sub 5%. It lets you do pretty much anything you want with the chalk um, elsewhere. Or you don't even have to stack the whole game if you, if you don't want to put three players of equity in this game and, and you want to load up on other games you could run terry in a mini with either Devonte or aaron jones i think they're both going to be popular plays um both relatively high salary so you can really offset that high ownership of adams or jones with terry and you don't have to include aaron Rodgers uh if you don't want to and even though i i, I do think this game will stay close ish just because i don't trust the packers um secondary they are favored by seven and a half so Garbage time still matters for our pass catchers, especially for our primary receivers, right? And Terry McLaurin could just end up being um, – he could be this week's – I talked about um, similarities to Cowboys last week. Maybe this, he's this week's CD. That would be nice. That would be nice. I, I'm in on that one. He's uh, Like you said, he's top five in weighted opportunity rating over the last four weeks and uh, 7,200. These these guys that everyone's on the week before yet are going to come in like sub 10% the next week, and we know they have talent. Like the ceiling is there. So I, I'm in on that. Um, I, I actually like – You've talked me into this game a little bit more than I originally was on it outside of Adam. So uh, definitely going to kind of go back to the yeah. drawing board on that one, I think. Yeah. I think and it's, I think it's such a good game to target specifically on FanDuel because Rodgers isn't that cheap. He's like cheaper than the top tier. McLaurin isn't that cheap, but you can like on FanDuel, we tip to be contrarian with not super expensive guys, but higher price guys. And then you can still load up on your studs elsewhere. I just think it's a really, really good way to, to be unique this week. GPP tight end play of the week. We have TJ Hawkinson. He's 6,200 on FanDuel at the LA Rams. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to be attaching uh, the revenge narrative of Jared Goff to this one, but Hawkinson as a one-off TJ, talk me into it. Yeah, they they talked about the Lions did earlier in the week about shaking things up. I, I think that J Goff is still, I think he said to play. I think if he wasn't, if he was going to get sat, we would have heard by now. Um, but this is one of those games where we're going to have so much ownership on the Rams. Stafford, I mean, I don't know how Stafford's ownership is going to fall just because we have so many good quarterback plays this week. I, I think he'll still be in like that. 8 to 11% range in large field stuff, which, you know, is, is still relatively high for a quarterback. He'll be top four or five, but you're going to get a ton of ownership on Cup. You're going to get a ton of ownership on Daryl Henderson. You'll get some on Woods. Um, I think I'm, I'm not sure how Swifts will play it. I think he'll still be somewhat popular just because he hasn't needed positive game script. But if people are stacking this game, I don't think there's an obvious bring back on Detroit, even though Hawkinson has been um, like early in the year, the guy that we wanted him to be the last few weeks hasn't been fifth in expected fantasy points per the four for four breakout model uh, over the last three weeks, but 20th in actual fantasy points per game among tight ends. He's been dealing with some injuries, um, but the usage is still there. He correlates with the Rams uh, uh, opposing passing game. Um, I like having my tight end. Like when we're, 
it's really hard to figure out tight end if you're not playing Kelsey or Andrews. So why not just correlate your tight end, right? So if you're stacking this Rams game, throw in the correlation. I think if people do a lazy tight end throw in with this, it's going to be Higby because he's on the right side of it. So switch it up, go to Hawk. Um, and then Hawk has like, he just has this interesting, it's, it's early in the year when they have a six game sample, but his correlation with opposing quarterbacks, 0.43 per the four, four correlation tool on average, tight ends and opposing quarterbacks have almost no correlation league wide. Just usually it's the primary wide receiver with the opposing quarterback. Hawk is kind of that primary guy. So it kind of makes sense when you think about it when Detroit's getting behind, they're only really using him and Deandre Swift. So I really like that. And the Rams, their weak spot, um, if we look at fantasy points allowed, has been to tight ends. Their top half in the league and schedule adjusted points to every single position except tight end. They're ranked 26th. Yeah, I mean, man, this is one that it's not like it's not a pivot. It's not really a G. It's just leverage, right? It's a straight leverage because of, there's um, going to be so many people on the Rams side of the ball. So like at that point, we don't really care as much about the injuries. He did return to practice on Thursday, so that's positive. But man, he's clearly banged up. Uh, but man, you give them like sub 5% last week and he gives does basically even just that again. And you're you're basically there if one of these other like elite tight ends doesn't completely like blow out the entire slate at the position. Right. So I, yeah. I like this one. Yeah, and I, I think I, he's not a, a – I don't think he's a standalone play at all. I think you're specifically using him for some kind of correlation. It could be any correlation. I'm fine with him opposite cup. I'm fine with him in full game stacks for the Rams. I'm even fine with him just as a mini with Daryl Henderson because even that game flow makes sense um, and is a unique way to get to it. But if you're using Hawk, I think you want to be using him in your Rams deck somehow. All right, let's talk about defense, TJ. So your GPP DST play of the week is going to be the Eagles defense at 3,500. So like we were just talking about it, there's not a lot of really nice options down there this week. Um, and against the Raiders, it's at least an interesting situation where we've seen Derek Carr air it out a little bit, right? And this Eagles defense doesn't really give up a ton of big plays, but uh, tell us why you like them specifically this week on FanDuel. Uh, we have a lot of really big favorites this week. We have three teams favored by at least 13, two more favored by... Uh, over seven, two more uh, on top of that favored by over five. And then you got the Eagles who are underdogs at the Raiders. So when you just look at all those favorites, like why go off the board? I think from a leverage perspective, it kind of makes sense because this is one of those games that I think can get juiced up in ownership going into Sunday, even though we have all of these teams with these crazy implied point totals. Raiders and Eagles is the one 49 and a half points is the third highest over under the spreads only three. So all of those big numbers are with games with huge spreads. This one should stay kind of close. I think people are going to like Jalen's price. I think people are going to look um, at, at Carr and, and Ruggs connection. Both of the running backs might get popular, especially Jacobs. I think Miles Sanders is going to get a little bit of pub as, as some um, as like a, a, a contrarian play, just because people are looking at this game. People are going to be excited about Goddard because now he doesn't have hurt. So there's just a lot of ways that this game could end up getting kind of popular. So I like leveraging it with the Eagles because I think – the Raiders can still just be one of those teams that implode. Um, the Eagles are one of the best teams in the league at getting pressure uh, up the middle. This this was highlighted in Justin Edwards' offensive versus defensive line article on 4 for 4. Last week, the Raiders played against a good pass rush, but it was edge pass rushers, and, and they were able to handle that because Carr was just kind of able to step, step up in the pocket, check it uh, to Ruggs, Edwards, Waller. Eagles get pressure right up the middle. I think that could cause a lot of problems. And I just think it's a really good way to get leverage on this game that has a lot of players that are going to get some steam. And if you do think Miles Sanders is a good contrarian player or starts to, to catch some heat going in this game, you can stack the Eagles with Sanders and just play that game flow scenario. Um, because I actually think the Eagles can can pull the up the road upset in this one. Yeah, even just like the price pivot aspect of this is interesting because like early ownership has the Giants up there, like above 10%. We have like the Green Bay, just a little bit more expensive. They're they're 10% or so. So I don't mind the idea of just like kind of going in the middle of that at a defense that's going to be like sub 5%. So I, I like that quite a bit. Um, all right, everyone out there, you guys know at this point, uh, now that we've heard from TJ, I want you guys to pause this video. Let me know in the comments your favorite week seven tournament play. TJ, want to build a Fandle team with me? Let's do it. All right. Sounds good. So this team will be in the listener league at fanduel.com slash Holka. Make sure you guys get in there before it fills. It is a $5 three max tournament rake free. All that good stuff is the battle of the guests. And, uh, we're going to make sure that one of you guys cashes this week. Uh, I'm calling it right now. One of you guys are going to cash this thing. So, uh, where do you want to start TJ? 
Um, let, let's kind of go with that idea of um, building around Rogers and getting that low ownership on our stack and then trying to build around some of these more popular games. Okay. So do we want to go like Rogers and then like a premium Adams McLaurin? Do you want to get um, maybe a cheaper option with Rogers? What are, your, what are your thoughts on, I guess, like the green Bay side of it first? Yeah, let's, let's, I mean, I, I, I don't think you're, Rogers isn't the spot to get cute. Um, everything's mm -hmm. going to Devonte, so I, I think it's Rogers Devonte, and then de the decision is just bringing back with McLaurin. I, I'm not a hundred. I, I think I probably like McLaurin a little bit more as as a mini, like with, with just I don't I don't know if I want to put that much equity in this game. So let's just start with Rogers and Devonte, and, and if, maybe if we have room to get to, or if we like getting to Terry, we'll, we'll go there. Okay, so what I'm gonna do though, just so that we have a better idea of where we're at with salary, we we already talked about a cheaper defense, right? So let's just throw Philly in there for now. Um, okay. And with like how expensive Adams is, we have 6,600 the rest of the way. So is there like a, a cheaper like value option that you're on this week that we kind of like uh, get a little bit of salary relief here? Um, let me look at the running back position. I think probably. Well, he's not that we have like Sanders is 5,900. If you want to put him in as a placeholder as well, like outside of that, like we could go McKissick on the other side instead of Terry McLaurin. I know there was a couple people talking about that in the chat that I kind of like that. Um, but I don't know. I might have some biases there because I played some McKissick last <laughs> week in stacks. So, yeah, I don't want I don't want Leone roasting me for playing McKissick on FanDuel. Yeah, man, so you can't do it. It's on FanDuel. Even if he touches the ball 15 <laughs> times, it's a terrible play. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe we'll hold off on that. Let, yeah, let's, um, Let's throw in that um, you said Eagles and Miles Sanders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's let's throw in Eagles, Miles Sanders, and then I, I think I'm kind of hitting the lock button on Daryl Henderson, like in a lot of my lineups, especially single entry stuff. Um, so I mean that makes it with with Eagles, Sanders, and um, Rogers. That makes us pretty. That kind of takes care of our sub ten percent guys. Actually, what do you think about Sanders ownership this week? Um. It seems like he's he might end up being like the cool kid play because the price is perfect and he just hasn't yeah. really get, got much steam before. And like we've seen upside there in the past. But like my concern is that this usage is just like so low that we yeah. would need it to like really change for him to be like a viable asset for us. I guess like um, I'm kind of circling around this as well, because over at Run the Sims, we were, we were basically running this uh, this slate 10,000 times and the fourth highest guy in the optimal lineup is Miles Sanders fifth highest at 5,900. So maybe it's just a price thing for him. Yeah, like you, I mean, you are seeing him like end up in the optimal ton. Yeah. I mean, he's, I, I, he saw, I mean, they're, they're using the running back so little that like his share splits are, are not like they're, they're skewed 84% two weeks ago, 92% last week, but that mm -hmm. equates to 16 and 11 touches. Um, but still, like, I think even if he has the cool kids play, like you say, I think it probably equates to like maybe like 14% ownership, which is still yeah. fine if, if you're pairing him with Daryl. So I actually think that's that's kind of like right in that wheelhouse that you want to be on your RB2 if you're playing a whatever 25% Henderson. Sure. Do you think that we can get Hawkinson on the other side of uh, Henderson or would you rather leave tight end open for now? I'm always trying to like figure out um, ways to, to correlate it somehow, right? I think I want to be correlating um, at least one of my running backs. Uh, let me see the tight end salaries because Hawk is kind of he's not Hawk expensive, is 6, but he's not cheap. Yeah. So but if you have Philly defense, maybe not with Darren Waller on the other side of that. I don't know. Just talking out loud. Um, like Hawk gets you to 6,500 the rest of the way. So yeah, I mean he's not cheap. That's for sure. Yeah, let's hold off on Hawk because I, I think if I am going with this build, I I, I do want again. I'm I'm going to be contrarian on. Um, you can always add Bob Tanya to it. Fifty one hundred. <laughs> you just want to. I mean, we're talking about correlating our stacks, right? He he basically yeah. gets you like another one of those value options, and he scores a touchdown. You're there. Hmm. Just a thought. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna pressure you. This is your team. Yeah, let's. Um, I want to. I feel like I'm going to probably need to save a little bit. You know what? Actually, I I want to see what does it look like if we put Miko in there because I think we need to have pieces of that game, obviously. Okay. So I'm, I want to be thinking about the games that I'm building around. Sixty. I mean, that helps a lot. Obviously, sixty-seven hundred yeah. the rest of the way now with uh, with then, Hartman in there. And then AJ is at. What does it look like with AJ as well? Yeah, he's like. 7k so 60s yeah i mean if you wanted to go with aj brown mccall hardman mini like you can kind of do whatever you want from there outside of yeah. like the top of the top end 
Yeah, I like that. I actually like that a lot. And then what does that leave us with in terms of position and tight solid? end and flex? Tight end and flex. Mm-hmm. Um, if we throw in, let me see. Oh man, if you play Kelsey, you're all the way down to fifty one hundred. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. You're right in my yeah. mind. What happens if you play? Um, if you play Daryl Williams? All right. If we get in Daryl, what do you? What are your thoughts on Daryl? Because like everyone just wants to say that like he's like almost a better role than CH in some ways. Like if he had the, the name tag on him, like he's the one that's been scoring touchdowns and he's just getting different usage than we thought. I don't know if I really expected him to be that much different type of usage though, but he's not free anymore. 6,700. So it's, it's a weird play. Is he 67? Um, I mean, he saw, he got 24 touches last week. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's, that's crazy. Uh, four targets, three touches inside the 10 yard line. Um, you could yeah, play Hawk was... at that point if he did go there. So just throwing that out there. How, how much, is that so sixty six hundred left if you play Daryl? So Hawkinson, mm-hmm. you'd be leaving five, like four hundred on the table essentially. All right. Um, let me just look at the guys above Daryl because I think probably yeah. if you I go like up a little up. bit, you could still play like Goddard, Kyle Pitts, all of those guys, Sal Higby. So if you go over sixty seven hundred at running back, you have Josh Jacobs, Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, Chuba Hubbard, those type of guys. Yeah. Um, let's go with the let's go with the Hawk and get. Up because we already have AJ and and Miko, mm-hmm. so let's go with Hawkinson and move up off Daryl. Okay, so if we go Hawkinson in there, that gives you seventy one hundred left. So you could play Swift at that point and just do like a little bit of a bigger mini, just like a little heavier on the Detroit side, I suppose. Yeah, I don't think I want to go super heavy on the Detroit side. Um, you know what? As as thirteen point favorites, I think I'm actually fine playing for net there. Okay. I like that. We talked about him. Like he was like one of the guys on the first look. Like you, you can like if you take the name off of it and you just look at the usage, man. Like it's just it's wild the type of volume that he's been seeing. Like I mean, last week he had twenty eight opportunities, and a couple weeks ago in Foxborough he had another twenty five opportunities. So I mean, I don't hate it for sure. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably um, especially. I mean, we have a, I think six, if I remember right. Right now, six players that are correlated. Um, so two, basically three mini stacks, right? Is that is that what we have in there? Yeah, and it gives you another player at 4 p.m. too, which isn't the worst idea. Yep. You can always move off yeah. it. Yeah, all right. so, all right, beautiful. That's all we need you for, TJ. Uh, we got we got the lineup locked in. You guys make sure you follow him on Twitter, at TJ Hernandez. Obviously, all the work at 444 Football. And you got the shirt on. We got the DFS MVP podcast with friend of the show, Matt Harmon. Uh, good luck this week, my man. Let's uh, Let's win all of the money, not just some of the money. That's the idea. Hopefully. Awesome show today. Thanks again to Jake and TJ for getting our feet set. One last reminder to leave a rating interview on this podcast. would truly appreciate it. And I will see you guys in the listener league. $5, three max tournament, fanduel.com slash Holka. You will get a 20% deposit bonus if you're a first time depositor. If not, maybe you just haven't played on FanDuel in quite some time. It still supports the channel. Truly appreciate it. I'll see you guys on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for the big show. Stay safe.